I want I didn't want for other OPL to go through what I've had to go through. Um, there is a sense of historical trauma still on our youth. Um, and with that, we cannot expect for change to happen in a one-day workshop. This is Hawaii Rising, a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund. I'm Kenji Cataldo. I'm Suyuno Amos. Each week, we'll be talking story with grassroots community organizers at the forefront of progressive movements for change in Hawaii. Over this series, we're featuring the 30 grantees who received community-raised funds through the Hawaii People's Fund this year. It's our biggest cohort to date, and we're so excited to share their stories with you. Today, we're talking with Pahonu Coleman from Nakukui Waimanalo, which is a branch of the organization Kekula Nui Waimanalo. Pahonu shares about the Ko'olele Project, a six-month program educating Opio on the cultural history of Waimanalo, that culminates in video and storytelling projects. We recorded this interview back in September, shortly after Pahonu was named a member of the Honolulu Youth Commission. Okay, so we're here with Pahonu Coleman of Kekula Nui O Waimanalo, and we're so excited to be talking with you. Um, could you just give yourself an introduction and also the organization that you're representing today? Aloha, my name is Pahonu Coleman. Um, I'm 16 years old and I attend Kekula Kaiapuni Okailua. Um, and the organization that I'm representing today is Kekula Nui Owai Manalo. So how did you get involved with Kekula Nui Owai Manalo and who else is in the hui with you? Um, I got involved with Kekula Nui Owai Manalo um, before actually Kekula Nui Owai Manalo was created. Um, Auntie Ilima Holastimosa, um, which um, is a big, big community contributor and leader throughout the whole Paiaina of Hawaii, kind of took me under her wing when I was really, really young. And I attended her programs when it was at the quarry, um, the Waimanalo quarry, um, and I had so much fun and I was able to engage with other community um, contributors and leaders. Um, and that really made me want to go into this field of supporting uh, my community and um, our whole lahui, our whole, um, the whole pai aina. Um, so Auntie Lima is one of um, the members of Kikula Nui Oai Manalo. Our president is um, Kirk Deichman. Um, our vice president is Uncle Ikaika Rogerson. Um, and our treasurer is She um, Kelly Holokai. And um, we have Dr. Jane Chung-do um, and Dr. Ted Radovich, um, who are also directors on the board. Um, and there are multiple organizations, um, programs under the Kikula Nui Oai Manalo um, umbrella, which um, I am fortunate to be one of the founders of one of the groups, um, Nakukui Oai Manalo. Um, and under Nakukui Oai Manalo, we have um, our new project, the Ko'olele Project, um, which we have submitted for the Hawaii People's Fund grant 
um, and we are graciously and honored to be awarded that grant um, to implement um, Ko'olele. Could you describe the Ko'olele program and how it fits into the broader work of Kekulanui o Waimanalo? Um, well, I think the Ko'olele program, um, when I was kind of thinking of creating uh, the first physical outreach, I wanted to prioritize youth um, and engage them into um, their stories and their culture on um, which they come from, because I truly believe amplifying and giving opportunities to um, appeal will make them feel more comfortable to be themselves. Kekula Nui in general is all about uplifting the voices of our opio, um, and I am a prime example of that. Um, they've uplifted my voice so much to where I feel so comfortable in moving um, in my community. And um, age is a number. Um, and when you become a certain age, I think in Hawaiian culture, you are gained, you gain this new koleano or this new sense of responsibility. Um, and it's just of the matter of how makoko are you to um, gain that kuleana. Kuleana isn't something that is inherited. Well, sometimes it is something that is inherited, but a lot of the times it is something that um, you gain um, or it is gifted to you. Kuleana is an honor to, um, you know, take care of that thing or be the guardian of that, um, whatever it may be. Could you maybe just speak a little bit about, you know, what kinds of programs did you participate in when you were growing up through Kekula Nui o Waimanalo and that were really impactful for you? Yeah, so that's a great point to bring up because that definitely came into perspective when I was thinking of creating Nakukui o Waimanalo and the Ko'olele project. Um, a lot of people have asked my ohana and me personally that, you know, how, how was I able to find an interest in community um, work at such an early age? Um, and I, I truly believe it's what I was surrounded with. And my parents were able to provide an education that is cultural, um, Aina-based learning, um, which has really, um, really has connected me at an early age um, and made me realize um, the beauty of my culture. Um, and with knowing my culture, I believe that I knew I know myself. And knowing my ancestors is knowing myself. And gaining my self-identity at a young age was a great benefit. Um, and that's why um, the Ko'olele program engages Opio in cultural exploration because I want them to be, I see every appeal to have a potential in whatever they want to do. And in order to move forward or thrive um, in whatever you want to do in life, I think you need to know yourself um, or to even find what you want to do in life. You need to know yourself um, and you need to know where you come from um, and who you come from. Um, so the Ko'olele program engages appeal and teaches them about mo'olalo stories and oli chants and um, storytelling um, so that they can find themselves and also to somewhat become equipped with um, 
knowledge of their aina and who they are. Um, so it's right on their hand. They don't need to do research, intensive research like I had to do. Um, and that was a part of it. It's um, I want I didn't want for other OPO to go through what I've had to go through, which is immersively researching. Um, but I did enjoy sitting at my kupuna's feet and we provide that to the OPO. Um, we try to engage them with community leaders and kupuna because it's the most way to, I feel like it's, it gets stuck into our brains when it's um, much, much older people talking to us as well as makwa. Can you talk us through the structure and timeline of the Ko'olele program? And what are the different activities that the participants do in it? Yeah, so Ko'olele, um, the structure of it is, is based on um, our Nakukui Owaimanalo beliefs and our Kekulanui Owaimanalo beliefs. Um, but the Ko'olele program, it was designed around Opio. Um, to engage OPO in um, learning about their culture. And the base of it is Oli, you know, chants, mele, um, songs, and mo'olalo um, stories. But it's also based on um, being able to create their own way of expression um, by storytelling. I mean, you know, our kupuna, our our culture in general is just a culture of storytelling, you know, whether it be verbal or on paper. Our kupuna loves storytelling and I love listening to those stories. Um, so we also have a kind of a media component to it. Um, and why we, well, Nakukui in general too is just based a lot on media outreach. Um, and that's because we believe um, the Gen Z or, you know, my generation, we've come to a point where everything is so accessible. Um, and I saw that, you know, my peers aren't going to learn about their culture if it's not as accessible as YouTube um, or an Instagram reel or an Instagram IGTV. Um, so I wanted to kind of bridge the gap between them two. So what, um, Ko'olele does is we bring media into the storytelling um, component and it really goes all together with just our culture in general. I strongly believe that our kupuna would have used um, cameras or whatever it may be you're using to continue the mo'olelo. I think it's important as long as the mo'olelo is going through. Um, so we want to just provide opio with um, access, leisure access to Ike and Mana'o of our leaders and of our kupuna today and from the past. So the Opio who are participating in this program are not only getting this cultural knowledge that it sounds like you did a lot of your own research on, but they're also gaining skills in film and media production? Exactly. Okay. Yes. Um, I... You know, I think we need to recognize, of course, when implementing these kind of programs that um, there is a sense of historical trauma still on our youth. Um, and with that, we cannot expect for change to happen in a one-day workshop. Um, and 
that's why we implemented this kind of a modern sense of where it's something that they're familiar with, technology, um, and giving that kind of um, familiarized, like that familiarness to them, it just brings out, um, it makes it easier for them to adapt or want to learn about um, their culture. And is it a six-month program? Yes, it's a six-month program. Um, we meet once a month, and then they have a great big hoike at the end where they present their um, their video that they made and also present their oli, um, the oli that they um, learned over the course of the program. Cool. How many OPO are enrolled right now? So a funny story about the enrollment is that um, we put out for 10 spots. Um, and I thought I, have, I had emphasized on the flyer that this is an OPO um, program. You know, this is specifically for um, 11 to 18 year olds. Um, there was more adults who signed up than OPO, um, but there was also a great amount of uh, um, OPO that signed up, but there was a lot of parents or older people who I guess didn't read the flyer um, correctly and they had signed up and it kind of shocked me to see that they were interested in the program um, and it made us um, look back and we are now I'm coming up with a more um, parent-focused, teacher-focused um, kind of program, a ko'olele program, so that it is accessible to uh, Makua parents. Um, but all our spots filled up within, I think, with no more than a two days. Um, and... We did prioritize, oh yeah, Auntie Mickey didn't hear this, but we, um, once we put out the flyer, um, I had actually texted it to Auntie Mickey. I said, oh, cause I was a little worried that not as much people would, um, you know, apply for it. Um, and so I texted Auntie Mickey, I said, oh, here's a flyer, you know, if you guys could help with, um, um, with what Hawaii People's Fund does best and which is connecting and outreach um, and connecting other organizations. Um, with each other and I had sent it and I looked back at the form and there was already um, the the spots were like all filled and I was like oh wait I'm tricky I don't know but I just let her post it and then um, you know they can all just as long as it's out there and um, it doesn't hurt you know so we definitely have those emails of every parent and every other participant who um, wants to participate in a future Ko'olele program. And we um, we are excited and at the right time and when we're more makakao, this is our first cohort. Um, so once this um, first one kind of goes down and we'll see how it goes, I think from there we'll reassess and um, see how, what we can improve on. And a lot of, uh, a cool component that we did, um, I made sure to include in the program, the Ko'olele program. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but I love data and I love numbers. And especially when it's numbers that um, prove that something that I created um, truly impacted someone. Um, so we have an intensive survey. We made those OPO 
it was a long survey. I I looked it over with um my auntie and I was like, wow, this is a long survey. I can't believe we're having them fill this out. Um, but I just was so surprised with already the answers. And this is just a pretest. And I can't wait to see um the growth that these OPO have gone over. Um and yeah. That's such a great story. And I think it just shows that you've hit on something that people are really looking for right now. And I'm, I'm curious on your thoughts on why that is, why this program is so resonant for the community of Waimanalo right now. I, that's a great question. You know, I think it comes from, like I was saying, historical trauma. Um, and I think for specifically our community, um, Waimanalo, there has been kind of a... Um, a gap between um, people knowing the Mo'olalo stories of our community and um, knowing the names of our Vahipana, our sacred sites, for many different reasons, you know. Um, and for me, when I was doing, and I continue to do so much research about my Ahupua'a, because I feel like there's so much more that needs to be um, taught, you know. I've seen personally from, I mean, I've been immersed in so many different programs and from attending a charter school to going to an immersion, um, both of them couldn't, um, both of them had a, the biggest emphasis and that was knowing where you come from. Those two schools weren't located in Waimanalo. So I was attending um, a school in Kalihi Halaulokahi um, and I was, after Halalo Kahi, I attended a school, Kekula Kayapuni O Pu'ohala, um, which is Hawaiian Immersion School located in Kaneohe. Um, and I, I knew every single name of the mountains and the rains and the winds of those Ahupua'a, but there wasn't a deep connection. I mean, as a Kanaka, of course, it could only benefit us to learn the names of every single Ahupua'a, but I just felt like there was still that gap um, that I needed to connect. And that was to learn the Inuas, the names of my mountains and my winds and my streams and my waters and my beaches. Um, so that's why I took it upon myself and I saw it as a kuleana for me to do my own research and learn about those vahipana and learn about those winds and mountains. So I think that's what really made me want to even um, teach Opio or Makua it as well, because I knew that um, a lot of people aren't even um, provided with that kind of education, which I had. Um, therefore, I can, I can obviously, I can safely assume that they will not take it upon themselves to do research about um, the winds of their Aina and their, you know, their Mauna. Um, so I, it's really about if you even look at the name Ko'olele, it's we want to be a supporting staff. Um, that's what a ko'o is. It's a staff which you use to hike or go on to a new journey. And we didn't, we wanted to be a support system for those who are um, wanting to now learn about where they come from and learn about the lands that they come from. Yeah, I'm wondering about maybe this is like a two part question. Um, you know, it can sometimes feel daunting or difficult to even know where to begin in researching your ahupua'a. 
And so I'm wondering, like, what are the resources you're drawing from in this program? Or where did you get your research from? And also, I wonder if you have any visions for the future of this program expanding for Ahupua'a beyond Waimanalo, or if you've even started thinking about that yet? Yeah, um, I think oh, for your second part, the second part of your question, um, if I look at expanding this program, um, and I think that's what I saw from also from the registration because there was people from Hilo and there was people from Kauai applying and there was people from Maui applying. And I was like, mm, hoi hoi, you know, interesting. I was like, okay. Um, everyone like learned about Waimanalo all of a sudden. Um, but I think it's just them wanting to connect to something that they, um, it may not have been their home, but it is you know, it's Hawaii and it's where they call home. Um, so people are just wanting, you know, to grasp onto something. Um, and as for your first part of the question, could you remind me? What was? Yeah, just uh, if you have any advice for people who are interested in starting to learn about their ahupua'a, where they can start looking and what are the resources you have available in the Ko'olele project? Yes, that's... Um, I think the Ko'olele program, of course, a, a lot of the research majority um, comes from, you know, my personal experience with being able to sit down with kupuna um, from our ahupua'a and some Ike provided from kupuna who don't live in our community. Um, so being able to um, sit at their feet and listen to them, I think that's the best research. But of course, there are, you know, a lot of other resources that are accessible to me and on my phone. Um, and a lot of it is reading Nupepa Aloha'aina, um, the old newspapers. Um, I've learned so much from the news, old newspapers. And another um, helpful part was um, also old maps, you know. Um, so I, I took a lot of time looking at old maps and trying to align myself with trying to see those maps in my own aina, you know. Um, so I, um, I remember growing up and hearing this one, an Inoa from one of the mountains, um, and that mountain's name is Lanipo. Um, and I, I don't know how it came into my mind or I forget who shared it with me. Um, but I knew that was the name and I knew that specific mountain was Lenny Paul. It just gave that, it gave me that um, sense of belonging to that name. So I looked at maps, um, specifically a plantation map. Um, and because Waimanalo was at one point majority plantation. Um, and I looked at the plantation map and I found Pu'uokona, which is the most prominent mountain that you see coming into Waimanalo. And I just followed the ridge of Pu'uokona, I followed it, and boom, it had Lani Po. And I was so happy, I was like, yes, this is my confirmation. This is, I knew it this whole time that that was Lani Po. Um, and I also compared, I had to confirm again. I was like, I don't know, cause I felt like that Inoa came from a kupuna, an ancestor that may not have been here with us but it came from somewhere. So I need another confirmation and I find another um, 
old map where they um, divided the lands of Waimanalo, where it's DHHL, you know, city and county. Um, and that map says Pu'ulanipo. And I'm like, oh, it's a different name. Okay. So then I go to a kupuna and they said, oh, that was the old dramas. If it was Pu'ulanipo or Lanipo, they always used to fight about it. I said, oh my gosh, this is, this is the kind of mo'olelo that will intrigue Opio. Opio loved dramas. And that's why I was like, this is going to be a part of the mo'olelo when I share this. Um, the Ino of Lanipo is like, did you guys know that there's, there's sort of a debate and a conflict onto if it's Lanipo or Pu'ulanipo? Which one do you feel most connected to? Um, and just kind of those fun things. Um, it, it makes research more um, entertainable. And I just love being able to dive into as much as maps and newspapers I can find about Waimanalo. That's a great story. Yeah, drama will definitely get people's attention. Um, so I also wanted to congratulate you on your appointment to the Honolulu Youth Commission. That's so exciting. I saw you speaking earlier this week on a Zoom panel. Oh, yes, uh, with Pono Kaleo Onao Pure. Yeah. And I wonder if you could talk about what it means to be a youth commissioner and how that ties into your work at Kekula Nui Waimanalo. Yes. Um, Kekula Nui Waimanalo, just in my journey, just in this short period of me applying for um, the youth commission for the city and county of Honolulu. Um, they've supported me in so much ways, um, in ways that they couldn't even see or, um, you know, they could never understand, you know, because for me, um, being a part of the commission now, um, and for me, it's a new way and it's a new journey and it's a new um, it's a new approach into community engagement compared to my our organizational approach or being a part of the community approach. It's going to be a very different approach. And I can't wait to um, witness onto how government specifically looks at our communities that I take so, so much love in. And Kekula Nui, you know, I get a little, it's hard for me to talk about um, the commission just because um, we, well, we just started, of course, we were just appointed, but I feel like um, just the organizations and the different community programs um, in my community and just in the broader Lahui and the Pai'aina have done so much more than just, um, you know, the commission. I mean, I hate to say that, but I feel like our, it's those people who are on the ground and, and supporters who support those people. Those are the people that um, I take pride in and I'm honored to be a part of, you know. The Youth Commission is just an add-on. And the truth is, um, I got into the Youth Commission because of those programs that um, have engaged me in community work, you know. And it's those programs who inspired me um, to apply for um, the commission. And I knew I was only going to apply for the commission with the support of my family, the support of my community, and the support from those programs who've supported me for so much of my lifetime. Um, so it's just another way of giving back to my community. And I hope to um, take all of this Ike of my place names 
the different names of our Vahipan, our sacred sites in our community, I know it will only be beneficial um, when I am making decisions um, on the commission. Um, and I am happy to say that I'm being backed by Esther Kia Aina, which is a native Hawaiian, um, and who has also um, have relationships with some of the um, volunteers of Kikula Nui Oai Manalo. Um, and I'm just excited to start the work. Our first meeting is next week, Friday. Um, it was actually supposed to be yesterday, um, but everything is just, I forget what it was, I think it was the agenda. They never said admit the agenda. And anyway, um, but I'm excited, of course, to be a part of the Youth Commission. Um, and that's it about the Youth Commission. Awesome. I wonder if there's anything you'd like to share about how our listeners can get involved with Keikula Nui o Waimanalo or the Ko'olele Project specifically? Yes. So um, there are there have been such a um, consistent group of volunteers and, and they've been with us for a very long time. Um, and of course, we're always looking for new volunteers. I think as for Ko'olele, of course, we want more OPO to be involved. Um, more youth involved in the Ko'olele program um, or Nakukui Oae Manalo. They can follow us on Instagram and just shoot us a DM if they want to be a part. Um, and we're glad to start conversation. Um, all you need is just e-ini, you know, the want to be able to be a part of something. And for Kikula Nui Oae Manalo, you know, we have so much. Um, we have so much programs going on. And um, we are we are going Aina wide. Um, one of our programs recently um, gone to Malama. Uh, the Malama Aquaponics program has gone to Maui, um, and we plan to go to Hilo. Um, and there will be installing um, aquaponics systems um, in the Hawaiian homesteads on those Mokupuni. We are constantly um, doing so much different things in our community from our Waimanalo Limuhui project, where we seek to restore limu. Um, that's a monthly gathering, but unfortunately with COVID, um, our, for now, it's just our small little hui. Um, and there, there's so many different ways to get involved and just following us on social medias is where you'll see it first, um, for any new programs out there. Um, of course you can visit our website and sign up for our email list. That is always helpful. And that also the, where you can get the latest information, um, and just if you wanted to know what Kikula Nui Wai Manalo is doing in the community, um, you can just look up on our social medias and I'm sure you'll find a lot. Um, yeah. It's amazing to hear all the things you've already been a part of, Pahonu. Um, I'm, I'm curious, you're still in high school. What are you looking ahead to this year, the rest of high school, and what comes next for you? Oh, that's a great question because I have so much plans for um, just, I look at high school as an opportunity um, to connect with other OPO um, and especially with recent rise in um, uniting of our Lahui over Mauna Kea, Hunananiho, Kahuku. Um, I do see um, kids because I am a part of the Hawaiian immersion at Kailua High School. Um, I see a lot of the other OPO who seem to find interest in participating in um, Oli in the morning, Va Oli in the morning. Um, so our plans is to, um, for Nakukui to go into um, 
high schools and educate um, them um, in a fun matter. You know, we plan to have um, pa'ina for lakuokoa, um, you know, and bring in kanaka artists, kanaka reggae kanaka artists or whatever opio like nowadays because I love Hawaiian music. Um, so of course I wouldn't be in charge of getting the hui's, but um, just engaging opio in um, at my high school into their culture. Um, and Kailua High School does serve as a high school for Waimanalo. Um, so there's even more of a responsibility for our organizations um, that who, who focus um, around Waimanalo works um, to pay attention to Kailua High School. And we've already started with that. Um, I mean, there's so much plans um, for Kailua High School, um, Kekula Kaipunio Kailua. Um, and I just plan to graduate um, and then go to college and get my doctorates and then go back into community work. That's the plan, guys. <laughs> That's my life plan. <laughs> Brilliant. That's so awesome. Um, I would love to hear if you could just name some of the kupuna that you talked to in your research who inspired you and impacted you. I'd love to hear about them. Of course. Some of the kupuna that I've been able and honored to be in discussion with is Kupuna Lee from Kanyo Ohe. Um, Auntie Lima, even though she's she gonna get mad if she listens to this and she hears she's being recognized as one Kupuna. Um, but Auntie Ilima, um, Auntie Kawahine, Kamakea Ohelo. Um, who else? There's so many. Oh my gosh. My papa, uh, my papa Joe, uh, my mom and dad. Um, and Auntie Roz, Auntie Blanche McMillan. So, so many kupuna that I'm just so thankful to um, have, have time with them, you know? And Nakukuyo um, Waimanalo was inspired by a kupuna, you know? And it's funny that we're inspired by the kupuna to have a appeal program, you know? Um, and that's just, you know, an example of the strength of ohana, the whole ohana component. You know, we need the kupuna, we need the makua, we need the opio. All of them have ike that can share amongst each other that is new, you know? So, yeah. And kupuna who are unseen. I mean, some of them, like, you know, that's, you know, moi, moi, you know, when you sleep, um, I think that's maybe where Lani Po, the name came into my mind, you know. You just never know where they are. And just in Aina in general, you can see them, you know. Mahalo for sharing that. So beautiful to just hear their names. Is there anything else you want to say either about Kekula Nui Owai Manalo or the Ko'olele Project or anything else you want our listeners to know? I think my last thing I'd like to say is just Mahalo for taking the time to speak with us. It's inspiring to hear what you're up to, and I'm so excited to see where this all takes you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I can't wait as well. <laughs> yes, mahalo pahonu. Wishing you the best of luck in all of your amazing endeavors. Mahalo to you guys. I'm so excited. And wow, 30. 30 of these you guys gotta do. 
<laughs> I, and you know who I am. I'm sure there was a couple who went over time. <laughs> so I, I mahalo you guys for having the patience and having, you know, the eini and just the drive because you need to have drive in order to move forward, especially when working with us Kanaka. So mahalo, mahalo, mahalo. Hawaii Rising is a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund produced by me and me with additional support from Mickey. Our theme music is Revolutionary from the band Ukla the Mock, written and sung by Mickey Hui Hui. Production of this podcast is supported by a fellowship from Princeton University. Thank you to our community donors and to you, our audience, for listening. In our next episode, we'll be speaking with the Ko'olau Poco Junior Civic Club. We're in that process of revitalizing a nation and on top of building a new nation, you have to think about how you're going to address all those issues because we're trying to develop a system that's not the same system. You don't want to miss it.